0: Hey guys, welcome to The Butter Dish. I'm Natalie Delaney. And I'm Heidi Bollard. And today we're hanging out with Coach Low Morissette. So Heidi, let's tell them why we had Coach Low on. So we um, met Coach Lowe through our TRW coaching program and we were having a conversation one day and she was sharing a little bit about her recovery story um, from drinking alcohol. And as dr- non-drinkers, Heidi and I don't have a lot of context for that. And I think I actually kind of would like some in the sense of like, I think we've definitely in the space of coaching and things like that, we have people who, you know, have, who do drink, who want to drink during, you know, deficits or maintenance and figuring out like actually kind of like some more information or like lifestyle or social or whatever it is, um, outside of like the regular like facts of alcohol and how it impacts recovery and repair and your sleep, um, seems really just fascinating to us. So we invited coach low on to talk a little bit about it. I think, Sometimes as coaches, we can examine a lot of different relationships, whether it's like your relationship with the food or your relationship with your body, but we've never really touched on your relationship, perhaps with alcohol. Mm-hmm. So we thought fun. I don't know if fun's the right word, but interesting at least. That's
1: <laughs> <fun>. <laughs>
0: welcome to the show,
2: Coach Low. Thank you.
1: Yeah, so I'm Coach Low. Obviously, I've been coaching in this space for about nine months now, and I love it. I do it as uh, just a second side business. I'm a full-time nurse educator. I've been a registered nurse for 20 years. Um, And I think my story kind of with coaching starts back when I have my biological kids are uh, um, nine and 11 now. And when they were essentially like a baby and two, um, I found myself pretty lonely in my marriage. And um, I was alone a lot with the kids. And Um, at that time I was also just wanting to get healthy and I found, um, Beachbody. And so I got into like, they call it partnership, I think now, but it was called coaching at the time. And, um, in that I found, you know, other women like myself who were home with kids or, you know, working at home with kids and camaraderie and support and all of that stuff. And I still have some great friends from, from all of that, um, part of my life, but I also found myself um, slowly starting to drink more. I always um, I always drank, but I went through kind of different periods with alcohol um, where I didn't drink much really at all in high school. I drank some in college, but not much. I did most of my like binging days in my 20s. And um, so that looked pretty different than the drinking that I ended up kind of getting into as, you know, a 30 um, and 40 year old. but when the kids were little um as they got a little bit older and i became a little less happy in my marriage i just was drinking more often um i remember when they were <clears throat> really little like i would open a bottle of wine and have a glass and i wouldn't be able to finish the bottle before it would kind of like be rancid um and that's like rather laughable to me now because by the time i was by the time I quit, and I'm four, hundred uh, 404 days sober today, um, by the time I stopped drinking alcohol, um, I could easily drink a bottle by myself, no problem. It wouldn't have been challenging for me at all. Um, and sometimes that kind of stuff is hard to admit. I think talking about alcohol is pretty taboo. And although it's like really socially acceptable, it's not really socially acceptable to talk about having a problem with it, which I think more people than we realize um do have a problem with it. So so that's one of the reasons I was super grateful for you guys to ask me to be on the show because I do think that there are more women out there, um, perhaps in a similar situation to to what I was in um, you know, a year ago that um kind of don't know what to do with it. And one thing I wish I could think of like who to thank for this idea, but you were talking about like different relationships, like we really We think about our relationship with food. We think about our relationship with our body. We think about all of these relationships. And I heard someone talk about um, a healthy relationship with alcohol. And what she said, I think it was a woman. She said, if you have a relationship, and this might not not always um, pertain to like some people with food, but if you have a relationship with alcohol, the way you have a relationship with sandwiches, then you're okay. Like if you have a sandwich at a luncheon on a Friday, and you're like, oh, that was a great sandwich. I loved it. And then you don't think about a sandwich again until, say, next Wednesday, because then they talk about their vegan sandwiches again. And you're like, oh, they're having sandwiches today. I'll have another one. And if you think that way about alcohol, that's a pretty healthy way to think about it. And that would be in contrast to how I thought about alcohol, which is if you give me a sandwich, I'm thinking about sandwiches all night long until I go to bed, when can I have more sandwiches? I'd like more sandwiches. I probably shouldn't have more sandwiches, that kind of a thing. So it's Mm -hmm. just like, um, I don't know if obsessive is the right word, but it's sort of a fixation on something. Right. So Mm -hmm. like alcohol became this thing that I was constantly trying to moderate because I wanted to be healthy. I was, I was already, you know, I had a virtual trainer online. Uh, I got my first one in maybe the, um, it'll be two years this, like right now, essentially. So, so while I was still drinking, I had a coach in the fitness space that was doing workouts for me and telling me to walk and I was counting macros and all of that stuff. And, um, wasn't really losing any weight, even though I wanted to. And I was kind of like, Oh, I'm 40. Like this must just be like how it is. Yeah. (laughs) How it is for me. Right. And, um, you know thinking back on it, I just wasn't at all being honest about my alcohol consumption when I was tracking. And mm-hmm. at one point I remember my coach's name is Charles. He's not my coach anymore, but he had said to me, like, hey mate, he's English. He's like, hey mate, I noticed you, you know, had wine five of seven days on your My Fitness pal tracker. And you know, do you think you maybe want to rein that in or something like that? And I was like mortified. Like it was just so embarrassing. So from Then on, like if I had, I would maybe like document the wine a couple times a week, but then I would put like, you know, like white bread or I would document like a carb Mm -hmm. and maybe an excessive amount, but who knows. um, So that I was like documenting calories, but I wasn't sharing what it
2: was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So all those things were kind of like ding, ding, ding. Um, But I had already, you know, I think what's interesting too is like, I guess, you know, speaking to people out there, like if you are questioning your relationship with alcohol, it might be a problem because people with a healthy relationship don't usually question it. Right. It's just Mm -hmm. like. um, Maybe like
0: anything else, like establishing what you think healthy would be. It's like people who are like, oh, I have a healthy relationship with exercise, but they can't take a day off. Or if they, you know, are sick, they're like, I still have to go to the gym or, you know, it's like even potentially like what is health, a healthy relationship with alcohol look like, right? Maybe you can shed some light on that too. But I think it's the same thing with food, right? Like people are like, oh, I have a healthy relationship with food. I don't eat any of these things. Nothing that is, you know, deemed air quote bad. I don't eat anything of that. But then you know, same thing right like now, like orthorexia is, you know, right. a healthy relationship with exercise to people, but it can actually become a disorder as well, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I think sometimes, you know, I was reading a book the other day. I was talking about how societally wise, like we have totally normalized depression in women, and we've made depression like a female problem, right? And how yeah. alcoholism is kind of like a male problem. But in reality, some of the most dangerous situations are when women are alcoholics. Right. And so it's yeah. interesting how to your point about how it's maybe a little bit taboo to talk about it, or most women might actually not even consider that they have a public, like, Oh, I like, a, I like enjoy like a bottle a night or whatever. And it feels very more like relaxed or we've maybe maybe been like, I've had a hard day with the kids today. Like and this is how my husband and I wind down. And I don't think there's anything mm-hmm. wrong with that, but I think to your point, like we don't necessarily think it could possibly be a problem to us. Cause I don't know that I've met many women alcoholics. Mm-hmm. I definitely met men ones. Right. Same flip side where I've met a lot of depressed women, but not a lot of depressed men, even though we have both, right? Like maybe they're not acknowledging it too. So back to kind of like your story, I just think it's interesting to like, to even determine like, what is a healthy relationship with alcohol even look like
2: right yeah well just to interject really quick even in your example with sandwiches from Mm -hmm. like friday to wednesday um i was reading a thing that was talking about how it takes several days to recover from the effects of alcohol so if you're drinking even casually like once or twice a week um you're spending the majority of your time kind of recovering so how how you don't have it much like um that there's not a whole lot of contrast, I guess. Whereas if you, yeah, if, if you started, especially as like a teenager, young adult or whatever, and you're just always having one to two drinks a week, you're always kind of under that like light mist about al- of the effects of alcohol.
1: Right. Right. And I think the, maybe the only like benefit, well, not the only, but, but if you're, um, you know, if you're only drinking, say once or twice a week, I do think that you feel the negative effects of it more because your body is not accustomed to it. And it's like, oh, you know, we know that alcohol is poison. It's a toxin. And so your body, as soon as you start drinking, it's trying to do all these things to get rid of it. It's one of the reasons like, um, you know, we have something called our antidiuretic hormone, right? And that helps us to not just pee all of our fluid out and the reason that you guys may not know this, but when you drink and people would talk about this in college, is like once you break the seal, then you're like peeing all night in the bathroom, especially when you drink beers. But it's because alcohol actually, um, you know, turns off that antidiuretic hormone. So then you just pee out. It's trying to like flush your body of, of toxins essentially, but also why people get really dehydrated and then their heart races and they feel like crap and all of those things. Um, <clears throat> but when you drink every day, which is what I essentially was doing at the end, the end, of when I decided to stop drinking, um, you know, now in retrospect, I can see how much it was affecting me every day. But then, when you kind of get like used to those effects, you just don't feel it as much. Like your sleep is just always kind of crummy, and. You know, I was talking with you guys earlier about how, like, some people are like, oh, but alcohol is the only way I get to sleep. And that might be true, but you're not actually, like, falling asleep. You're actually, like, being sedated. It's different. It's like it's like being, you know, put under anesthetic, essentially. It's, like, sedating you. So it's another reason why often you'd be like, oh, I crashed so hard and slept so hard. And then I woke at three with heart racing. And then I feel terrible today. And I don't feel rested at all despite sleeping, right? Mm-hmm. So, um you know, what is the healthy relationship with alcohol? I think that might be different for everyone, but, um, drinking to excess is never healthy. You know, like a binge drinking disorder is a very real thing as well. Um, but I think there are still, you know, if you look online, there's still things that say like one drink a day for women or two for men, um, I would argue that <clears throat> one drink a day can easily be two. If you've ever watched a friend pour a glass of wine, rarely is it four or five ounces. Usually it's you know nine or 10 ounces or whatever it may be. Um, and a glass of wine that they're talking about is five ounces. Um, so I, I think that goes
0: with food, right? It's like, yeah. have you guys <laughs> seen that meme that it's like, like I'm appalled that this mac and cheese thinks I'm like a family of four, right? Because it's like of the serving. Yeah, it's right. like I right. think like, oh, I only had one serving of mac and cheese, yeah.
2: but like you know, technically, I mean, have you been at cheesecake factory? Uh, this is why my teenagers still want me to butter their their toast in, there, <laughs> in their their <mouth>. because <laughs> I put a mother's amount of butter on it. <laughs> <A mother's
0: laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's like to I used to think that cheesecake factory initially. I mean, this is what if you're serving ser- me. It's got to be one serving for a person, right? That's right. not really realizing at the time that no, this is probably for four.
1: Yeah. To five, right.
0: right, Totally. Right.
1: Yeah. 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 So I think, um, again, I think if you don't, you know, I have plenty of friends who drink and I was talking to them one, you know, one of them the other day and she was saying like, she can have a glass of wine and then she doesn't think about it for days. And I think that is like, what I would say is a healthy relationship with wine. Mm-hmm. I think Or not wine with alcohol, sorry. Wine was my choice (laughs) of alcohol. Obviously, I'm talking about it a lot. Um, but I I think I I guess I wonder. So my husband my current husband, um, I divorced, I got divorced from my first husband. Um, and that was a very tumultuous time and did not help any of my drinking behavior because it was a way that I felt like I relaxed and that it helped, you know get me to sleep it helped all those things it helped socially i had lots of you know friends that i wanted to go out with and anywhere but certainly here in the us drinking is very social it's very socially accepted and it's actually pretty i mean i'd be interested to know your experience being non-drinkers but um i found it hard initially to not drink because um the expectation was that i drink and why aren't you drinking and i wasn't at all ready to be like I'm an alcoholic like I'm going to AA which I didn't you know go to AA but I wasn't prepared for that and I think unless I've kind of talked about it I can't remember if I mentioned it to you guys but I think if you're like falling down drunk and you're Losing your job or not taking care of your kids, or those kind of things. People are like, oh, yeah, you're an alcoholic and we support yeah. you. And, you know, but when it's someone like me who's really relatable and I go to work every day and I take good care of my kids and I work out and I don't drive drunk, then I think it's almost harder for people to like, mm-hmm. I think people don't want to see me in themselves. I think that's part of like the scary thing sometimes. And and that took several years for me to be able to see the dysfunction in my drinking, I guess, because, you know, even my, I, my mom and sister, I had my one year mark. And at the end of the day, I was trying to be really, really grown up. They hadn't you know reached out to me or anything. And I was like, I just wanted you guys to know that this is like a really important day for me. Like this is one year of being sober. And they were like, we didn't really know it was a problem, you know? And it's like, that's how kind of like closed I was about it all. And you can very much, hide that you know like just i wasn't i was fully functioning so other than my husband who obviously knew and we were not um i guess the best for each other in that way where um we both have kind of those addictive personalities but regardless of whether you have an addictive personality alcohol is addictive you know it doesn't matter if you have an alcoholic or have a addictive personality say if you're a smoker you become addicted because nicotine is addictive. So I think that's like, what's important to discern with alcohol too, is people are like, oh, well, alcoholism runs in my family or it doesn't run in my family. And cool, but it's still like, you know, it's still something that's addictive and anyone can get addicted to it.
2: Totally. Well, and I think this really is such a good representation of like how how normalized drinking is and also like what is quote unquote, normal to different people. Right. Like we, you asked about our stories, like we grew up in families that don't drink. I grew up in Utah where I mean, alcohol is, there's a lot of restrictions about alcohol. And, um, so it was never really an issue, right? Like we got married young, our husbands don't drink, like it's just never really been a thing. Um, but yeah, to hear that, like, to hear it be like a, like a, Something that you need daily that's constantly on your mind. I read some. I. I. This is. A, I'm not 100 sure on the facts of this, but I read something that said it was like drinking alcohol gives you like a rush of dopamine, which hence mm-hmm. the addictive nature of it, right? Yeah. If you're yeah. neurodivergent and low on dopamine anyways, yeah. Um, so that you get this surge of it, which feels you know relaxing, great social lubrication, all those types of things. But then um, as you're recovering. Your baseline has actually dropped. So you have less dopamine available to you like the following day, which would, Mm -hmm. which means that you take less pleasure in the things that normally give you pleasure, right? Like you're, Mm -hmm. it's harder to be kind of in the present moment enjoying life, right? So I'm, I'm never, I'm not always, (laughs) not a big fan of things that are like, you know, like the, like mortgaging your, future for the moment, you know, that's like, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a, that's a tough sell. But again, like if you are, if you're making that choice and then you are constantly, you know, drink, drinking afterwards to keep it, to keep it up. I mean, that, and then you're going through a hard time in your life. I mean, it's like a perfect recipe, right? It's totally yeah. understandable how, how you could get there. And then also totally understandable how people, are want to think the best of you and look at, you know, and, and give you space and whole, you know, give you grace for the time, you know, for what you're going through when not realizing that they're following kind of like the classic, like, Oh, you don't have a problem. Like you look great. Things are going great or whatever. Like look on the bright side. Meanwhile, you're like, I really actually, it would be really weirdly validating for you to be like, yeah, you have a problem. I'm here to help you with your problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it would have been helpful for me to like identify it more as a problem in the beginning. Like, I think it just took me a really long time to kind of wrap my head around that. I also, you know, am an ER ER nurse. And so like the people I see in the ER also didn't look like me, you know, so it was like, yeah, it was this image I had in my head of alcoholics. I grew up with my parents not drinking much at all. And I don't, I just didn't see it a lot. So The pictures I had of people with alcohol problems were people that were, you know, in a car accident because they drove drunk or they were falling downstairs and cracking their head open or whatever. So, um, I felt, I still, if I'm being totally honest, have a hard time, like with admission for alcoholism. I just, like, it just seems like such a taboo thing. Um, but by all accounts, that is, um, the only thing I can (laughs) deduce.
0: You know, Ah, I I think it's so interesting because it's like I mean, especially if you are exploring like health and how things affect you or what you want to be a part of or what you want to like, you know, adopt, whether it's like I want to, you know, eat more protein or I want to exercise a certain amount or I want to, you know, try my best to eat more vegetables. I mean, I think anytime you kind of examine whatever it is that you're doing on a daily basis that might influence and support like your goals is, it's just kind of a fascinating practice. I mean, we all have vices. I mean, maybe I wasn't, you know, drinking or I wasn't, you know, prone to that, but I have plenty of other things that like I use to self-medicate or (laughs) nurture or soothe or things like that. I actually, I mean, I tried it. Like we were newly married and we went to Vegas and I was like, oh, I'll try this like Malibu Bay Breeze thing. And I was vomiting. Like, I mean, so I knew pretty right off the bat, like that wasn't my problem. Like Mm -hmm. as far as like, I didn't have the problem with alcohol because it made me want to vomit. So it was easy to stay away. But I work in an industry. I mean, the hair industry, I mean, we got a lot of drinking. We were drinking. We have in my back room at the salon, there's a uh, break for emergency type thing where you would actually put like a fire hydrant. There is a being a fireball in there. Right. I mean, there's alcohol all the time in our industry. I mean, people would drink, have a couple shots, go do some hair. Right. Like in the first time I ever saw anybody with a drug overdose was at one of our holiday parties. I'm like, she's foaming and like, is, are we, should we be doing something? And they're like, she's probably fine. I'm like, I think we should probably call like, that doesn't look like it's supposed to be that way, but like, you know, at the same time, I could see why people love it. It's, it's fun. It's social. There are some people who are amazing, like actually arguably more fun when they're drunk than when they're not, right? It unboxes Mm -hmm. people's energy. And I think socially we like to enjoy ourselves, right? And so I think it's become very normalized to be like, let's just go drink, or like, you know, I think we definitely have like a, term of like drinking buddies too, right? People Mm have. And it is like, we've had women who are like, it's super hard because all of my friends like to drink and I really want to stop drinking or I want to cut down on how much I'm drinking, but I feel the social pressure to still maintain this level of intensity with them. And I just, it's hard to say it out loud. Um, So I think to your point, like even admitting that you might even have a problem is even further into that, right? Mm -hmm. Much less being like, Hey guys, like, could we just like actually like not go out to drink tonight, like, you know, or at a bar or people are like, I have to pretend and have like a seltzer with like a lime on it, which, you know, like, and feeling like ashamed of the fact that we want to like try different avenues or try to like heal or be better about certain things. I think whatever it is, I mean, socially, it's super hard. We are in a very high peer pressure environment a lot of mm-hmm. times, especially if that's the way you built your friendship, right? Like if you would mm-hmm. go out on the weekends with these people, and this is your social circle. It can feel daunting to kind of want to remove yourself from it. Um, but you can always be the designated driver, which is actually Yeah, I will say my friends
1: have loved that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 They're always me.
0: like, invite hey, Natalie, she'll drive us. And I'm like, totally. Oh, yeah. like, okay, as long yeah. as you don't throw up in my car.
1: Right. Yeah. I think initially, like if there are people out there thinking of getting sober or stopping drinking, like not putting yourself in those situations for the first month or two just because it is Hard, You know, I think I'm a pretty determined person once I set my mind to something. So once I kind of like decided I wasn't drinking, um, I just did it like I knew I was going to do it. But I do know for people that have struggled more with stopping, like not putting themselves in those situations is really helpful and maybe just sort of like you guys were saying like reestablishing your friendships without alcohol because you know like oh let's go get coffee today or let's go snowshoeing or whatever um with things that maybe don't have to involve alcohol versus um you know a nighttime activity or whatever it may be and just knowing like I guess just you get used to it you know like I maybe I'm not as fun as I was sometimes but I don't <laughs> I don't think that it outweighs, like, there's nothing I really miss. The only thing I miss occasionally is I used to really enjoy sort of like the first few sips of wine and it would feel like warmth through my extremities. It was just like a sensation. Maybe it was that like initial dopamine and I I miss that. But then I, I do think once you're drinking more, you're just kind of like constantly chasing that feeling and you're never really getting it. And so um, it was easier to sort of let go of than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, and the more you get under your belt, I think the easier it becomes, you know, like now everyone I know pretty much knows that I don't drink. So it's never like things aren't being offered to me or my husband and I went to a party, not a party, but like a dinner party, maybe a month and a half ago. And they were, you know, kept off. It was a bunch of people we didn't know with one set of friends we did. And, you know, they're offering us both drinks. And I usually just say, Oh, no, thanks. My husband was like, No, we don't drink. And they were like, Oh, wow you don't drink and you know it was like oh my gosh I'm so sorry and we're like, no, no, it's okay like we're not like upset that you offered us drinks it's fine and he's like oh gosh is this really hard for you and it was really cool like I encourage you to ask questions yeah. like I always I'd much rather someone like ask me a question about anything about me than like be weird and then like think about it after you know so um, I kind of like confused about something. It. It was like yeah <laughs> yeah ask me like I'm I mean, most people that know me, I'm like pretty much an open book. I'm an overshare really. So, um, same. <laughs> yeah. So I'll tell you, but, uh, that's but yeah, that's guess easier.
2: Yeah. I think that's such a, I think that's an interesting point you made about m- missing that initial feeling. Um, I remember t- I was diagnosed with ADHD in like 2017, I think. Um, and I remember when they the first time I, they prescribed me Adderall or whatever. And I took one the first time I was like, oh my gosh, like my brain has like another gear that I can like turn. I'm like, I understand the metric system. (laughs) And I told my therapist about it and he was like, okay, so that that's an example of chasing the dragon is what he called it. So it's like, it's like the initial High because, like, even with like Adderall, like being a stimulant, mm-hmm. it's like that initial feeling. And I think we also do it with food, right? Like, sometimes when you're oh, not, yeah. like the first three white chocolate covered peppermint pretzel, pretzels out of the bag, mm. like, I mean, chef's kiss. Like, yeah. They, the, like the, the rest, rest of the bag naked. doesn't taste nearly yeah, as good. <laughs> the other 85 <laughs> that I then ate were not as yeah. good as the first three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking yeah, to yeah, us, the pillars sure. of health. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly.
0: So, I think like whether it's like alcohol or food or whatever it is, it's like, it's just kind of just worth examining. It is just, just take it, just take a quick inventory yeah, exactly. of yourself, right? Like, if you yeah. feel like maybe you do have like a glass of wine every night and, you know, like, can I just stop at one or is it just, mm-hmm. do I feel compelled to have a couple more in order to like feel like I can get to a place where I can like retire, you know, then just see if maybe pulling back one and how you feel about that, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of give yourself like some flexibility to find out and explore like what it is really like, right? Yeah. Um, but I guarantee you that you will recover better, especially if uh, you're strength training and sleep is trying to be a yeah. priority. And if you are in a cut and you're trying to, you know, it yes, it is calorie dense, but also at the same time, like it's, you know, to try to stay into like a place where like you're eating like beneficially for a deficit, it definitely helps to like, to try to abstain from alcohol. If you can, totally. can be a source, I remember Crystal from my work, she, when we, we were doing weight watchers. And, um, she would save all her points for alcohol. <laughs> Jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm like, cause we would just be like, Oh, where, where are you at for points today? She's like, Oh, I have 20. I'm like, how do you have all your points for the whole day? It's like seven o'clock. Right. She's like, oh, I'm going drinking. I'm going to save all of them for, for my drink. Oh my gosh. You know? Well, exactly. it's not
2: just the calories alone. It's just like how, yeah. Afterwards. Wrecked. You're like, going to feel. Yeah. 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 Without food. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. Hungry and tired. Yeah. My two most Yeah. And things.
1: then like what you eat once you start drinking, because then like, don't forget that that also takes away all your inhibition and you're like, I deserve this double chocolate cake, right? Or triple chocolate oh, cake, yeah. right? Whatever, you know? So like those things don't always get tracked either
0: yeah
1: so it's I mean yeah it's it's a hard one and I would say like I think I think there are people like you were saying who maybe are like oh I am drinking too much and they can like pull back and they can moderate and they can do a much better job and then there are also people who then like me spend all this time on trying to moderate because it is like So hard. It's so hard to moderate once you've kind of gotten to that point where you're drinking, you know, nearly every day or every day. Um, And I think the thing that's really, really cool about alcohol um, in contrast to, say, for example, food is you don't need it. So you can just Mm -hmm. stop. And, you know, I like feel so much empathy for people with like food addiction or addiction addiction. I don't know other ones like sex addiction or whatever, like things that you just can't necessarily just be like, I'm done. I'm done with this. Like food, you have to moderate. And I don't know how you do it. Like, I don't know how you teach someone to and alcohol. If you can't figure out how to moderate, just stop. It's not like, it's really not all it's cracked up to be. (laughs) Well, it's Um, like,
0: yeah. It's like, it's not essential for life. Right. Yeah. I think we could say that about yeah. even a lot of things, right. Like depending on who you ask, like, Oh, chocolate cake, is it essential for life? And then some people are like, oh, right. I don't know. hold on. <laughs> right. 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 And so it's like kind of that kind of area where you get to figure out like, is it worth it to you? Like, is it totally, yeah. you know, because we definitely want you to be able to be autonomous with your decisions for sure. Like you might be someone that's super into pairings, right? Like what, like you love like a delicious meal out. And like, you know, that a Cabernet goes super well with this. And like, it's part yeah. of like your jam, like I had a client who was a sommelier and it's like this crazy science and it's oh, like so yeah. fascinating. And I totally see the appeal to that because it's part of like this kind of culture that is like, we're experiencing these things and we want to definitely experience things. Right. But it's mm-hmm. like when it, right. anything, when it becomes in charge of you is when we want to examine the relationship. Right. And that could be exercise. It can be things that are deemed air quote really good for you too mm-hmm. right it's, right it's always worth a it, pan well
2: yeah. and similarly like if you know back to the chocolate cake like if you're going to have it like in enjoy it yeah, uh, right and if it if it isn't inherently enjoyable because you just need more then that's also that's that's different yeah like that's sit
0: down and look at make it a moment instead of like walking up to your room like just eating it on the stairs right exactly. and kind of the same thing with you like isn't there like a let it breathe, swirl it, <laughs> like, you know, situation with right. wine is part of an experience to have yeah. this glass, right? And why, you know, a glass of like really expensive wine is an experience, right? Versus it, like, you're not going to hit the whole bottle without even enjoying it, right? I don't know. Yeah, and, just yeah, say, and I think- this you, is from all the TV shows I've watched.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you lose that when you drink a lot. Like, I, like, I miss drinking a beautiful, like- thick, dark, rich red wine. I love it. I love the flavor. I love the way it feels in my mouth. I love it with good food. But um, I went to one of, we went to Aspen. I'm sure you guys have heard of it. Um
2: oh, for the our beer anniversary. flows like wine, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Right? So we went to like, the, we went to a fancy restaurant and had the most amazing meal. And there were people all around us having wine and you know, there were moments where I was like, oh, but then I just realized I, I was at the point with my drinking where I wasn't experiencing the thing, the, the alcohol or the food, you know? So I really got to like experience all the flavors of the food because it wasn't dulled by the chemicals of alcohol in my body. And then I wouldn't have probably experienced the wine very well either other than the first, you know, I think after a glass, it's, you are fuzzy, you are, you know, your taste buds are dulled um physiologically. So um yeah, I I think I'm envious of people that have <laughs> a healthy relationship with it, but it's also not the end of the world if you don't, you know, yeah, to yeah. just not drink.
0: Yeah. No, I think yeah. that's like beautifully said. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that can be for a lot of things, right? I you know, whatever it is, it's like sometimes it's like it's just easier just to not go there. Yeah. Right? Even though yeah it can feel like, ah, oh, dang it. Like I would really love to still experience that or try that or whatever. But also knowing yourself is also part of mm-hmm. being supportive and being like, at the end of the day, it's probably not as worth it as I think it is right for mm-hmm. me to go there again. And and who knows, maybe there's one day in 15 years, you're like, we could, we could revisit it again. Right. Like I think yeah, it's, you know, but at the same time, it's like knowing ourselves is all part of this whole process. Yeah, too, right. For sure. So in like closing, um, what would like, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who maybe isn't sure? They're like, do I have a problem with alcohol? Like give like a couple, maybe like aha moments or things that you looked for for yourself, or that brought you to this conclusion to like seek quitting, you know, drinking. And then let us know also our listeners, like where to find you and like your offer and things like that.
1: Yeah. So I guess, um, if you are curious, if you have a drinking problem, I mean, I think there are a bunch of like tests you can take online. So I encourage you just to check those out. Um, there, are you know, like a bunch a of free ones. <laughs> yeah, like a personality well. test? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, but it'll say like, you know, I can't actually think of it because it's been so long since I, I've taken one, but it will kind of rate you on like how you rate as a drinker. Um, and then, you know, I would tell you to, try to moderate and see how much time and energy you're having to put into moderation. If it's super easy for you, I have a client that was drinking um not a, not as much as I was when I quit, but she was drinking too much for sure and she was like I want to I just want to drink once in a while and she has done that like beautifully. Like she can totally do that. She's someone who can drink normally. She just wasn't. So I think there are plenty of people out there like that as well where now she can have you know, a drink or two on a weekend once a month or something, you know, like where it's super healthy, if you will. Um, But I think um, if you find yourself spending more time thinking about moderation than you're willing to be giving up because you're giving up that time, it's taking up all that space from other things you could be thinking about or your family or your friends or your job or whatever that you could be putting that brain power into, then I would suggest, you know, thinking about quitting. There's also, I don't know if you guys link stuff in your, um, but I can give you the books that I read too. When I, um, first stopped one that was really awesome was the sober diaries. How one woman stopped drinking and started living. And that was, um, like a mom story. That's a mom told that story. Um, and then another one is quit like a woman. That's um, I would say maybe a little bit. Have you guys read that No.
0: Uh-uh. I like the title. <laughs> yeah.
2: Me too.
1: Yeah. Um, that is a great book. I loved it. I couldn't put it down. Um, and then I'll give you guys some other ones if you want to link them in yeah. the show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other Perfect. thing that I found really motivating, there's an app called I'm done drinking. Um, and that's where you like go and you plug in and you could even do this prior to quitting, but plug in like what you normally drink. If you have say three glasses of wine, three days a week, you know, you can put that in and how much you think it costs or whatever. And then it's going to tell you it updates, like it updates, um, in real time. So every time you open the app, it's in real time. It'll say how much money you've saved, how many calories you've saved and how many drinks you haven't drank. Um, so it's like, for someone, I'm super like geeky and I love numbers yes. and checklists I as
2: well. Well, and who doesn't uh, love a gold star? Yeah, for real. Yeah. yeah, so. And a coupon, <laughs> especially for yeah. if we're not doing something. Um,
1: <laughs> so that's really motivating. So even if you do that before you quit, just to think like, oh, a week's gone by and I could have saved, you know, $65 and 500 calories or whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, um Everyone, if you, if you drink more than a few drinks a week, I think you should just think about your relationship with alcohol and make sure it's still working for you. I think that's really the conclusion it came to is it just wasn't adding anything to my life. And and even though I like wanted to be a normal drinker, I wasn't. So, um, yeah.
0: I think but, like, like anything, like if you feel like you can't live without it or you can't have fun without it mm-hmm. or Everything else like is just like, Hmm. okay, why? Why can't I have fun without it? Why can't I have friends without it? Right? And just exactly. yeah, this. yeah, All right. Sure. Yeah. Tell everyone where to find you on Instagram, and if you have any offers, like you can let them know.
1: Yeah. Um. So I'm um on Instagram as Coach more Set. So I'm on there. I um I do take one-on-one clients right now, and that's for fitness and nutrition macro. Coaching. Um, I'm a pretty, um, I'm a pretty dedicated one-on-one coach. You have pretty much 24-hour access to me to a fault, probably. Um, <laughs> but I have great clients, and um, I end up getting pretty close with most of my clients, so that's super fun for me. Um, I also do, um, I do cold dipping. That's something I'm super into. The other thing I was gonna mention that I think is so interesting with like the social aspect of drinking. Is I had posted one of my um, cold plunges in the lake that I live on, and there was ice and everything, and it was a really cool video, and so it got a little bit more traction than most of my stuff does. And this one other coach, I guess, in our space, um, commented like, "Oh, the um, this is more harmful than helpful." What you know, what anyone will do for a like or something like that. And oh. you know, I was thinking about it, and I just think about all the people that post alcohol stuff all the time, and like, there's not that like backlash and. And, and we know very, we know very scientifically that alcohol is not good for you. There's nothing like good, right. n- nothing good in it outweighs the bad of yeah. it.
2: If um, it. If it was trying to get, become legal today, like the FDA would never be able to approve it. Never.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I just think it's interesting. So I, I cold dip because it makes me feel tough and, yeah. It helps my uh, mental health and it, those things.
2: It does make you tough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. It makes me feel cool. Okay. <laughs> yes. me be honest.
1: Um, But yeah, so I just, yeah, I love helping people and I do that in nursing, obviously, and then in the coaching space too. So That's yeah, awesome. I appreciate you guys taking the time to chat with me. And
0: yeah, absolutely. And if you have questions about it, reach out to Low. you know, yep. uh, if you're exploring it or just curious about it. Um. I know it was, it is funny how people, what they'll come after you for, they'll come after you for a protein shake and a diet Coke, but then they drink on the weekend. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think you need to worry about my protein shake and my diet Coke, but
1: here we are. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess just that little thing, if people want to reach out for support with alcohol, like that's, I don't, that's not my coaching. I'm happy to just be support and someone who cares and it's or not uh, just where I to start right yeah 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 so
2: That's cool. all right yeah. well thanks, thanks so awesome. much for hanging out with us Whew, you made it the butter dish didn't melt your
0: face thanks so much for hanging with us if you enjoy that episode we'd love it if you would subscribe share it to your social media or leave a comment that all really helps so the kids say <laughs> if you want to find us you can find us at instagram at butteryourmacros on the web at butteryourmacros.com Twitter, and TikTok at What's Up Butters, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks.